Radio Frontier. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Right, Troop, so we are here recording live from G... Well, not live, but we are, we are live. Yeah, we're live. That door just opened. Aye. And a ray of light came into the room. Aye, and it is... Am the, I wrong? No, it's... Wow. I think there's a light on outside. <laughs> <laughs> and those dulcet tones are the ray of light itself. It is Nicole from G4 Claims. What's happening, Nicole? Nothing much, boys. No, How are you? Not much. We'll try to get a big question when you swagger in and fuck <laughs> up, but apart from that... Sorry, I, I just swagger about this building as if I can do what I want. I'm going to really need to quit it. As if you own it. I know. I can only apologise about that. No, I hope people weren't sitting holding their breath. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, John was just like, I will try to John says, come in, don't touch your fucking chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, I can see the G4 claims phone case cover as well. That is class. The chocolates, the leaflets, but the chocolates are the best. But you don't just make good chocolates. Tell the trips, what else does G4 claims do? So, guys, G4 Claims is an accident management service. So why would you contact your own insurance when you can bill the at-fault insurance directly? So why would you pay, you know, your, why would you pay out for your, um, your £500 excess or whatever it may be? We can make sure that every bill goes to the at-fault insurance. So we can provide you with a like-for-like -like replacement hire vehicle. If you're injured from the accident, we can get your compensation for that and all our services are totally, totally free. I can't stress it enough. We will never, ever bill you for our services. If I can't help you, I'll point you in the right direction. And everything is billed to the at-fault insurance company. So we try our best to make sure that the client's properly looked after and they ha aren't having to go through the insurance either. Then now the insurance companies are a bit of a nightmare because everyone's working from home. I feel like everybody's phoning. It's 45 minutes, 50 minutes to even talk to somebody now. So it's just an absolute nightmare. Let us take the stress away for you. So it's G4 Claims 01698 767 172 and it's not a fault claims maybe G4 claims 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 Good, thanks. Listen, thanks guys, very thanks much for, for coming on. on, man. Really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, we know you're busy these days, mate, living the managerial high life, and it's good to take a bit of time out and talk to you, mate. Really appreciate it. Listen, mate, I've, got, I've managed to have a shaving, get rid of some of my grey hairs on my beard. And, <laughs> and management. Mate, they, like they, that. Two, I, they say that. Two, they two say that. I mean, I feel, I feel 55 already. <laughs> two and a half months, you end up looking like Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see before and after pictures of Super Ari when he took it at Rangers. Or Barack after. Obama when he got the presidentship. And then even some people, like, obviously my, my wife is a big fan of Stephen Gerrard for different reasons, but she goes, ah, he's starting to look a bit older now as well. It's like, look, he's a manager. You do notice it, don't you? Aye. You really do You feeling it, Kevin? I think, I, I, listen, I'm loving it. I think the, um, I think when I look back, hopefully in, a, in many years, you'll probably... For any young manager, any coach, or even any manager, I think even the manager at Rangers, like the the hurdles and the speed bumps that we have to deal with, not just injuries and players and 
just the, the the society that we're living at the moment with COVID, like Aye. doing these flow tests and like every time the results come in, I'm hiding behind the sofa because you just never know. Like a Aye. player like could be out, do you know what I mean? Like Cowden Beef only just in our league had had obviously a big a big outbreak here and we've had a few ourselves and, and nine times out of ten without sounding disrespectful to any of the players, but it's normally key players or, or players Aye. that you're desperate to be Aye. involved that um, you might have an injury in that position and you just know that the one that's stepping in ends up getting COVID or whatever. So I think when I look back at the start we've had, um, I've probably took, took the reins at probably the toughest time you could probably be a manager, but at the same time, listen, I'm loving every minute of it. See how you were mentioning there that it's usually the best players, Jink, that's because they're the ones that get stopped for 40s off the public all the time. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I'm not so sure how many Kelly players get stopped for photos, but the... Um, <laughs> I think, listen, it's almost one of the ones like you know when you feel as though you're a wee bit hard done by, it's amazing how like sometimes bad luck just comes in and wee spots and sparks and it can be like you feel as though it's never ending. But I think that's the same for everybody. We'll never make excuses. Um, we'll look after the nice. boys. I'm, I'm always one of the ones that if you do get a bit of bad luck, it's somebody else's good luck. So um, I believe in the boys. I believe in the group that we've got. So we'll just need to keep on dealing with the wee, wee hiccups and the wee speed bumps that we get. How have you found it so far at Kelton then? I've loved it. I've loved because everybody knows that what type of person I am. I've, I've got a big opinion. Um, I, I decided to, when I thought about when I retired and the path that I wanted to take in coaching, I felt going into the academy and learning about myself. And listen, I started at under 13s, really humble to get an opportunity at a club that's been brilliant for me. The 13s were great, part time, Tuesday, Thursday night, like driving through in the pee and rain and, and taking 12 year olds, you know what I mean? That are, First years at high school, I worked with a boy called Greg Stat, who was brilliant for us. He gave me so much opportunities to coach and to learn and to make mistakes and like the organisation skills, etc. that you need to be taking a team. He took a lot of that burden off us. Um, he was like the lead coach and I was like his assistant. So I feel as though I've done it the hard way and I'm doing it the long way. Um, mm. Not to say that I think my path's any better than anyone else's because it's not. It's, I think everybody's got their own idea and identity where they want to go to, but I believe in myself and I believe that I can get to where I want to get to. Um, listen, time will tell. I say it to the Celtic players all the time. Listen, you might think I'm top man, you might think I'm this, you might think I'm that, but come Christmas, the opinion might be different. So I just need to keep on working hard. I don't think anyone will grudge me some success when they see how hard I work as an individual and, and hopefully it can stand me in good stead. 100%, mate. And like... When you obviously you were at Rangers doing the uh, youngsters at Rangers, but then you go to Kelty. What what's the level of football been like there? I've to say the standards have been brilliant. Listen, we've got right good players. We've got players that have played at a higher level. We've got players that could easily play at a higher level. That was the kind of remit of the boys that we tried to attract. We wanted players that were better than League Two to try and help us put a team on that was capable of being up the top end of the league. Um, I think we've done that with the signings that we've got. We try and play a brand. I've always felt that. When I did get a manager's job, I could easily, I'm not saying easily, because it still would be difficult, but I could have put a team on the pitch that was robust and well-organised and quite fit and quite strong and quite hungry. But I feel as though if I want to get to the dream that everybody knows that I've got to get to the top, my team has to have a style, it has to have identity, it has to look like a footy team that's pleasing on the eye. But listen, there's risks within that. Mm -hmm. um, teams can easily come and rough you up. They can, you can be the nice footy player and the nice team that pass it around, but you get beat every week. So... I felt I had to take a risk in putting a team on the pitch that I'd be proud of, but at the same time had an identity that one day it can try and get me to where I want to get to. What is your MO for the job? Like, what is, have you been given? Have you given the uh, the board like a time scale and how you want to advance? What's the what's the big vision for Kelty? 
the, the big vision for Kelly is um, they want to be the best part time part time team in Scotland. I don't think they've got the resources and the, the infrastructure behind the club that would allow them to go full time. Um, you look oh, at wait like a minute, are they not the biggest business in Kelly? You know, I was going to say that. I've got a bit of a big business now. No, I mean, Aye, listen, the, 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 the brand's grown all the time. Listen, and the, and the, the, the committee have been there a long time. The the chairman's constantly like, um, sorry, the general manager Dean McKenzie's constantly. Um, trying to upgrade the facilities, he's trying to bring us more, you know, constantly like making different, um, like tailoring wee different bits here or there to try and upgrade, whether it's the changing rooms, whether it's the medical stuff. So listen, he's having a go and he's given me, as a young manager, in my first opportunity, every chance to be successful. Um, not just like with the players that we're trying to attract, but just just wee things, like we've, we've not wanted for anything there. Um, there is bits that you get frustrated with, but I think that's like in any job, that like no job's going to be perfect. Um, mm -hmm. And there's obviously my eye is different being a part-time coach to being like a full-time one. So you see things different and the resources at a club like Rangers compared to resources like a club like Kelly are like night and day. But at the same time, I would never ever be one of the people that say, oh, we need better this, we need better that, we need better this. I'm quite happy and humble to go with what I've got. Um, the pitch is good. Um, the community hub are on before us, so you have to wait to set up. Is that a big problem? That's not a big problem for me. Um, sometimes we only get half a pitch. Is that a big problem? That's not a big problem for me. Um, uh -huh. It's five pitches at Rangers. It made no difference to me. I just, right. I, I think if you go in and graft and you work hard and and you believe in what you believe in and you treat people right, I think you've got half a chance of being successful. I'd like to think I know the game. I know how to treat people. Um, I think the boys enjoy training. I've got great uh feedback off the boys at Rangers that, that gave me confidence as an individual that I knew what I was doing. Um, and listen, you just need to keep on believing what you believe in and, and, and see where it takes you. Definitely. Did you have any chats with Barry and Bob before it? I did, to be fair, but Baz gave me the best <clears throat> insight, to be fair. And he's, uh, I've got massive respect for Baz and he, he knows what I think of him as an individual. Um, and I, I never actually spoke to Bob. I just messaged him back and forth. So he gave me great insight into the squad. Almost if... I literally had recorded myself thinking about what I thought of Kelty and then phoned Baz and just put mm -hmm. play. He almost gave me the same feedback that I felt I already knew. Um, mm -hmm. He said the same that I felt it was for me, like it was a risk to leave a, leave a club like Rangers. He knew, he always, everybody he speaks to feel as though they've gave me a good reputation and speak quite highly of me. So he says, so stay put, you're at a wonderful club. But I felt me... My gut was telling me that I had to take a chance to one day try and get to where I want to get to. Um, there was loads of jobs available at the time where I was still the Rangers B-team coach. Inverness was up, Dunfermline was up, Queen's Park was up, Dundee United was up, um, Falkirk was up, Kelty was obviously coming available. So it was like, there was loads of jobs available and I'm not saying I've got a big name in Scottish footy, but I've certainly got a name that people would know. Uh -huh. um, and my phone was, was, was quiet, so... Was I actively looking for a job? No, I wasn't. I was delighted to be at Rangers and, and I loved driving through there every day. An hour and a half in the car for me every day, as people know, because I stay in Edinburgh, but it was never a hindrance for me working for the club. It was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Um, I had massive respect, not just off the fans, but the people within the building. But at the same time, I genuinely believed how would I ever become a manager at the top level working in the B team? I'm not so sure I could have got there. So my gut told me that I had to have a, um, a wee risk, a wee chance. Um, so I took one. Mm -hmm. Mate, I, I kind of, obviously, I watch a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, Rangers TV and a lot of behind the scenes and watching some of your, like, post-match interviews and stuff eh, after games with you were the manager of the B team and stuff. Me and my mates, a lot has always said we can see that there's a future manager there. Obviously, 
maybe they want to be a Rangers manager at one point, but I think obviously with the job you were doing at the B team and how you were, highly you were thought of and the way you spoke, I think it was only a matter of time before you left to go to another club to become a manager. But was it a very, very hard decision? Was there a lot of people saying to you, no, like within the club, was a lot of people saying, no, stay here, just stay here? Because it must have been a tough decision. I think, listen, I, I never took the decision lightly. I, I spoke to the manager, I spoke to Ross Wilson, I spoke to Craig Mahon, spoke to loads of people in the game that I respect. And I'm not going to lie, I had sleepless nights. The, mm. the human nature doesn't like change. People, and I, it, like, I certainly wasn't comfortable at Rangers the same as I was as a player. I always had an edge. I always wanted to get better. I always wanted to keep on moving forward. Hence, listen, I went to the 13s, to the 15s, to the 18s, to the B team. So I was always chatting on Craig Mahon's door, asking for more. I wanted more. Went from a uh-huh. part-time coach to a full-time coach. Um, he maybe wasn't happy when you chapped on his door to ask for more money, but I think <laughs> I think he I think he liked the fact that I was ambitious and I wanted to get to where I wanted to get to. Listen, and everybody knows I already worked for the club for nothing. And effectively, listen, when you're a part-time coach staying in Edinburgh, traveling through there for a couple hours, um, coaching at night time, you're doing it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it never bothered me one bit. I was I, I would continue to do it for nothing because I felt the path and the opportunity to work for the club was the right path for me. I love everything that's ingrained in the club. And the pressure that comes along with it, the prestige you're representing it. So to tell you that it was one of probably the hardest decisions um, I've, I've, I've made probably right through my whole career. Um, and I'm not so sure there's that many people that would have took the chance that I've took. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not me saying that I'm bigger and better than anyone else, but um, to leave a full-time role at a club that I was well-respected at, I had the lads um, well on my side, you know what I mean? Like massive respect for them all, love working with them. And obviously you... As a youth team coach, you work with different players. So the 15s were eventually going to become my B team players one time. Yep. Your 13s would eventually, do you know what I mean? So yep. they've left a mark on so many squads. And, and a lot of people don't know. I used to work with under 10s as well. Right. In Edinburgh Centre when we started an elite centre. So I used to I used to go and help on a Monday and a, a Friday night there as well. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, a Monday and a Wednesday. Um, so like a graveyard shift for me on a Monday was being in there at six, half six in the morning um, and then getting home at, what, eight o'clock at night. And mm-hmm. I was being through in Glasgow, double session straight back through Edinburgh to help with under tens. I loved every minute of it. So to leave, mate, sorry, to be kind of big, kind of answer on your question was 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 really hard. And and, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I, I hummed and hawed and hummed and hawed, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure because I'd had other offers previous that just didn't feel right. But there was something about the Kelty one that I felt for a first job, having good backing and having a good group of players and being able to add to that, um, just something felt right. And when the manager told me. Um, he was the last person I spoke to. He told me his path for Liverpool to get to Rangers is exactly the same journey that I'm going to have to do. If I want to get to Rangers and be the manager one day, I've had to take a step away. If he wants to become the Liverpool manager one day, he had to take that step away. He's just fortunate enough that, that not fortunate, because I'm very fortunate to be the Celtic manager, but to get in at the top, top level at Rangers for, for him, for the icon that he is, is exactly the same as me getting in at the top level at Kelty um, as an SPFL manager. Um, 100%. 100%. 100%. Underneath that is, is the same. So listen up. Heavy heart, but but delighted to be where I am. Brilliant, mate. <clears throat> You're and clearly a very ambitious person. Of, you know, it's a, it's refreshing. Really, mm-hmm. it's quite refreshing. To be honest with you, I, I think you have to be. It's a, I, I've always no no one thing that I would like to be classed as is humble, respectful, and hardworking. Uh, loads of other people have opinions on. Um, whether I'm good at this, good at that, whether I was a good player, whether I was a bad player, whether I'm compared to Scott Brown or not compared to, whether I was one of the good players at Hibs, whether I wasn't, whether I was a croc, whether I was had glass knees, like what people tell you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But 
all that's irrelevant to me. I would like the people that come across me, I'd like to be classed as a hardworking lad that's humble and respectful. And, and if it gets me to the talent that I've got in my brain to where I want to get to, bro, and if it doesn't, listen, I'll give it my best shot. Definitely. But talking about Hibs there, mate, so looking back on your playing career, like talk us through like coming through the ranks at Hibs because you were in like we a group of right top players and a few mad bastards and all, weren't you? <laughs> they had characters. I don't know how Donald Park survived. I, actually, I do know how Donald Park survived because he had more grey hairs than me. <laughs> um, he's uh, Listen, we had the perfect mentor, perfect platform for, I think, you think back to when Tony Mowbray came in. Listen, Bobby Wilkinson was brilliant. Gave us all the opportunities. Also, we got a bit of luck. The club went through financial difficulty. Bobby had to get rid of the wage ball. You had Frank Sozies, you had... Um, the tellies, you, you like you had Russell Lapis, like the talent that John O'Neill's can Scottish talent as well. Nick Colgan, Irish, not the Republic Ireland International. So they had like a real calibre of players. Um, I think like any young player needs an opportunity. The financial restraint on the club meant that Bobby had to give younger players an opportunity, which Aye. we're all being indebted for. I love Bobby, KB and Clarky, they were brilliant. Um, old school, no nonsense, um, fit, well-organised team, but he started to embed a wee bit of talent that that allowed that young Hibs team to look like a footy team and they were quite exciting, quite uh -huh. off the cuff, could win a game, lose a game, but when we clicked, we were quite exciting. And then we inherited, in my opinion, the biggest match made in heaven, really, with Tony Mowbray. Um, coming from an academy, having a vision, having like wanting a team to have an identity which matched the Hibs way, I think was just, whereas, let's say it wasn't Tony Mowbray and it was a manager that was more robust or had a different style, I'm not so sure the younger players would have flourished as much. Mm, uh, so not. Uh. To think back, I think you need a wee bit of luck and we certainly got that and, and to come through with that group of players going through a youth team changing room to six or seven going straight into the first team and, and being able to build up the reputation that we built up quite quickly. Playing for a lot of our clubs as boyhood kind of fans um, was was an unbelievable way to start your career. I think they say this all the time, Matt. That Hibs team, I've got a lot of great memories of that Hibs team. You know, it, it brought through so many stars. It really did. Aye, you 100%. Know, like, uh, yourself, Whitaker, Brown, uh, Big Gary O'Connor. Mm -hmm. All of, all of the, the young boys to come through at once. It was really... You, they caught lightning in a bottle, for want of a better phrase. You know what I mean? And... Watching them, they were fairly nobody as well. Mm -hmm. They were a great side to watch, really. These were a great side to watch. I think, I just think the, I think if you asked all the boys, they would say like everybody had different paths and everybody had different success. But I think the biggest thing that we had is it can be daunting and a, and a big challenge for a young player going, especially like at a club like Rangers or Celtic, but the same at Hibs and Hearts, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Command, whatever, I could name them all. For one young player to go into a changing room, like we things that a lot of people don't know, you need to find your status within the club, where are you going to sit in the bus on an away day? Mm -hmm. Are you sitting in one of the first team players' seats? Are you allowed to sit there? You're not allowed to sit there. Who do you sit and have pre-match with? Who do you warm up with? Mm -hmm. you know, who's going to be the one that helps you when you get a wee bit extra money and you want to go and spend it on cars and watches instead of having like somebody like a Gary Smith that we had as young player, Stephen Glass, giving us advice. And then when you get to Rangers, you've got Davy Weirs. And do you know what I mean? So I think back to like having real luck and having good timing within my career having the right people um, listen and, and it's up to you as an individual to take that advice you could argue some might not have took the advice some might have but I have to say the transition for a youth team changing room with five or six year mates to go straight into the first team and almost dominate the changing room with the camaraderie and the personality that our boys had made our mm. transition for being a youth team player to a first team player so much easier 
It sounds perfect, doesn't it? That's the way you want it. Was, it. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like, remember at high school when it would be lunchtime, you wouldn't know how to sit with <laughs> I still remember and this is how it changes so when I was a first team player and I got I started to get in the squads I remember sitting on the bus and I'd say I used to try I used to stay in Peebles and brought up in Peebles down, down in the borders and Nick Colgan had a house in Peebles so before I could drive Nick sometimes used to take me through to training um, and he treated me like a kind of youth team player he gave me the wee kick up the backside that I need you know, to not be in shape to to live how he was living. You know, it's like when you're young, you've got the blonde spike here, you think you can fight the world. Um, but you start to listen, of course you do, you take it in wee dribs and drabs. Um, but when I first got on the bus, didn't quote me where it was, I remember sitting in a seat, somebody walked past me, you cannot sit there, that's Mixu's seat. So I got up and moved to the next seat. You cannot sit there, that's Gary Smith's seat. I got up again and moved again, you can't sit there, that's Nick Colgan's seat. It's like... <laughs> I think I can, I'm sitting in his car every morning. <laughs> so, so, so I was saying to myself, so, well, I just sit in the toilet. Sweating I was. So I had like the big sweat patches and didn't know where to sit. I was getting anxious. And it's not like you've got your mobile phone and you just like like one of your remates and you just go and sit next to them at the front table and everything's seamless. It was it was trying to find a status within the squad. And I'll flip that when I went back to Hibs, when I left Middlesbrough and come back up the road and I've my first game with Pat Fenlon. You got to drive the bus? The bus. <laughs> well, I went on the bus and I said, where can I sit? Tomo, you can sit wherever you want. And I was like, ah, no, who sits there? Oh, so-and-so sits there. I was like, well, where's the next seat? Oh, so no, you can sit where you want. They'll move. And I'm like, no, no. I'll, I'll, uh, where's the spare seats? And Sparky Lee Griffiths had shouted to me at the back, Tomo's space up the back. So I ended up where I didn't want to be, the kind of cool young guy right in the middle of the back row. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to be at the front. Where like the old guys sit that read their books on the way to pre-match, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it shows you how <laughs> it shows you how things when you build up reputation, how things change. And for a young player, um, great upbringing at the same time, like earning your stripes and earning your stars as such. But is it, how do you handle that as an individual? I, I was lucky that I had the right people around me. Aye. So mate, obviously, like talking about your younger Hibs days there, you and Scott Brown, right? Obviously, it's well documented. He's a good pal. He's at Aberdeen now. How's he doing there? How's he? Do you still talk to him? Is he enjoying his I, time at Well, obviously, we, we, we managed to get uh, Connor Barron through through Scotty and obviously Glassy. Um, mm -hmm. Glad that we took on loan for Aberdeen. So, um, the same as he helped, but like if we wanted to try and try and get a Celtic player or whatever, it gives us a good insight into the player. So, as I mean, Scotty will be pals for life. I've always Aye. said that he's, he's the one guy that um, I'm pretty sure my wife wouldn't want me in the gutter at four o'clock in the morning. But if I was in the gutter <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, um, he's the one that you could pick up the phone and I know you'd do anything for me uh, make loads of acquaintances and loads of good lads and loads of mates in footy but but he is what I would class as, as a mate for life um, regardless of who we played for regardless and, and uh, listen I've been in front of 500 Rangers fans in a question and answer in Bathgate or whatever and spoke about how highly I regard Scotty to boo booze and jeers to all of a sudden clapping because I think they just respect the fact that I ain't going to rub anyone's nose in it I understand Rangers fans don't like him when he's on the pitch Oh, By the way, what a wonderful fitty player, unbelievable career, and just a top, top guy. Uh -huh. But, mate, like, you look back, and there's obviously the story of you and Scott Brown maybe going to Rangers. Like, at that point, imagine, like, Scott Brown playing for Rangers and Kevin Thompson, like, if he sent him, I mean, you, you must have thought you's gone there, right, we're going to rip this up, we're going to absolutely... Is it true that story that you've gone there? Like you were going right, to Angels? It's, it's, it's funny, yeah, because the, the story, the, the truth behind the story was that we both thought we were going to go to Celtic. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I've said this before, We, when we were going to move, we had obviously Tony Mowbray on the phone every night, Gordon Strachan on the phone every night, Walter Smith on the phone. And, and obviously, if 
Gordon had phoned me, I would have text Scotty to say, oh, I had Gordon on the phone. He's like, oh, he didn't phone me. And then Scotty maybe say the next day game night, oh, I had Walter on the phone. I'm like, oh, he didn't phone me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, I actually felt that Celtic wanted me a bit more than what they wanted Scotty. And then vice versa, I actually felt Rangers wanted Scotty a bit more than they wanted me. Uh-huh. At one stage when we went to watch the Champions League game, um, when Nakamura scored into Van der Sar, the 1-0 game, we sat in the director's box at Celtic Park. Uh-huh. We had both agreed deals to go to Celtic. Right. Um, right. So we we both thought that we were going to end up at the same club. One, I finished training one day to go up to speak to Rod Petrie. Um, I had a message, can you come up to the office when you're done fin- uh, finished training, please? So I went up and he said that he had agreed a deal. Um who do you think it's off? I said Celtic. And he's like, guess again. And I said West Brom, because I thought Tony, genuinely I thought Rangers uh-huh. were more interested than Scotty. He's like, off Rangers. He said, do you want to go? And I said, can I go now? And that uh-huh. was it. I had my toilet bag, phoned the missus, phoned my dad, uh, phoned Willie Mackay, who was our agent at the time. But when, as soon as I told Willie Mackay that Rangers had agreed a deal, Peter Lawler was on the phone for, he must have phoned a hundred times through Rod well, for me telling Wally that Rod had accepted the deal for Rangers. So Celtic were obviously going to try and counteract that, mm-hmm. offer at least the same to allow me then the option to pick between the two clubs. I never got that option in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not saying that I didn't then not want to go to Rangers. I was over the moon to go to Rangers. And and when I spoke to Walter, the next thing was, how can we get Scotty? Do you know what I mean? How can we get a deal done for Scotty? So we genuinely believe that we could end up at the same team. But listen, that would have been a fairy tale for us as part of it. Never, it never materialised that way. See when the Rangers fans were singing we're going to sign Scott Brown, were you sitting cringing to your bones because you knew that that wasn't going to happen? I, th- I, I think Scott, Scottish transfer escalated quickly in the respect that he he become a really expensive transfer. By the way, money well spent and justifiable, but obviously at one stage Celtic I think had agreed roughly a £5 million deal for the two years. To then pay obviously 4.4 for Scotty on his own. Listen, it's proved that it was great business and he's had an unbelievable glitter career. But back in the day, um, when I went for a couple of million and Scotty was going for 4.4, it's not me to say that I was worth more than Scotty or whatever. Um, it just felt that like the perfect scenario was a summer transfer. I felt like the relationship that me and John was a wee bit rushed. And, and Hibbs got what they deserved off his got. I actually felt like without sounding big, he did. Rangers got me at a wee bit of a snip. Uh-huh. No, definitely, I mean, I think, I mean, looking back, I mean, so many good memories, like, obviously, playing against Scott Brown, right, I mean, you played against him, Rangers said against him, I remember I was at the game when you scored the winning goal, do you know what I mean, like, what was that like, what did that feel like, I mean, it must have been weird, first of all, playing against Scott Brown, two best pals playing against each other in an old firm game, but then scoring the winning goal, I mean, that's that's fairy tale stuff in itself as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's best, listen, it's... My kids think I'm rubbish, so it's nice to be able to <laughs> And it was yeah. some fucking goal, by the way. It was, be- it was a beautiful goal. funny, yeah, because... I, I remember it. Do you want me to show you? Oh, he, he doesn't remember it, Kevin, two seconds, mate. Let me show you. Ah, shin roller. Shin roller, that one. I remember that now. A right peg as well. Anything can go by, Borat, too. Yeah, it's funny, because I, I used to... Uh, I used to be I used to be Messi, Ronaldo, and then Dad. And then I remember going into my, my, my oldest room and it was uh, Liam Henderson, Jason Cummings and Enbad. What happened, man? And right, by the way, listen, Jason and Liam are, are good mates of mine, but I was, I'm not going to lie, like, I told them that story, I was a wee bit gutted. Third, 
30 minutes in Ronaldo <laughs> with Thirsty Tommy and Hendo. Right, Troops, loving room, Terry Owen. Trap everything's your day, I'm showing you some old videos here. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, Robbie Keane's a good player, by the way. You want to say Robbie Keane? I fucking smashed him, by the way. It's amazing that uh, when I look back at my career, I need to persuade my kids that I was no bad player. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, but that must have been some feeling, eh? I was listening special. It's a, I cannot tell you how special it was to represent the club, and I was lucky to play in a good team. Um, Champions League two years out of the four that I was there, UEFA Cup final season, like one doubles, one leagues. You know what I mean? We were. I was gutted to leave the same Middlesbrough, and obviously, like no Rangers fan, no player, nobody associated. Well, obviously, there would have been people associated with the club. We knew that within twelve months of me leaving, we only a year left on my contract. That the the club would go into administration and go through the tough times that the club went through. So. Um, I do feel that the reputation that I've got with the fans at leaving at the not the right time because I'm not so sure the fans were that happy to see me leave. But see, because I moved, we were only a year left on my deal, and Rangers got a transfer fee from me. If I stayed for that next twelve months, and the club couldn't have gave me a new contract, I probably would have been quite a no bad free Bosman for quite a lot of teams in Britain. Aye, they made made a lot more money. Aye, I'm not so sure the Rangers fans would have. Um, it would have been through no fault of my own still, but I'm, I might have had far, far bigger offers elsewhere, um, especially financially if the club were obviously going down the league. So mm-hmm. um, I feel as though sometimes the wee bit of bad luck that I had with injuries and timing in my career, the, the, the reputation that I've got with the club and the, and the relationship that I've got with the fans, sometimes think back that they wee moments have actually helped me later on in life. It maybe never helped me at the right time Aye. in my career, but I certainly think it helps me now. Mate, talk us through the UEFA Cup final, like the run that year, that year. Talk us through that. What, what, what was that like? I mean, he's must have felt invincible at some points. The games he's were playing, the games he were winning. It's funny because you obviously like like a lot of the players, and it'll be the same as the current players now. You as soon as the Champions League draw comes, and you see Stuttgart, Barcelona, and Lyon, uh-huh. I cannot tell you that it was a laughing joke in the changing room the next game day that we thought we might not get any points. <laughs> um, so I think that we managed to get. We were sitting on seven after three games, seven out of nine. Uh, Mate, that night in Leon, like beating Leon three 0 well there, I could, I still but watch who, that on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Who would have thought that getting turned over half Leon at home would have been the best thing that would have ended up happening uh, that no. season? Uh, Ends in my hat trick, man. I do, I do, I do believe in fate at times, and I do believe you get, you, you kind of make your own luck at, as, as such. But it was, it was just, it was meant to be. I think he greeks his save at Werder Bremer. I think he like going before even the Champions League, we match scoring against Red Star Belgrade, having to go over to Red Star Belgrade and get an all-nil draw against like a right good team and probably the the scariest, most hostile atmosphere I've ever played in. Um, to then get obviously all the way to the UEFA Cup final was just what dreams were made. Of. And even like when Barry missed the first penalty, I genuinely stood in the halfway line with the lads, thinking that if Barry can't score, we've got no chance. Uh-huh. Um, and before you know it, your boys are saying if Nacho scores this, we're through. It's like that thirty seconds to run over the fans in Florence. Uh, Florence, sorry, is is probably the most special iconic moment in my life. Oh man, I've got goosebumps even thinking about it. Mate. It, was, <laughs> yeah. it was something else, man. It was. What about like? I mean, that was a special time. It was Walter's kind of return to Rangers, and he steadied the ship and, and more. We won every in the four is really that time when he came back, but. What was your relationship like with Walter? Well, uh, listen, a lot of lads gave me a hard time because I was meant to be his son, if you know what I mean. I was like, uh, that was a banter. So, wait, were you the teacher's pet? I was the teacher's pet. <laughs> um, he's, uh, if, if ever the boys wanted a day off, they used to openly say, Tom, we're going to ask the gaffer for a day off. We're going to ask you to die. Really? Aye. Um, <laughs> just a wee bit of banter. It was funny because I, when I first joined, because um, Walter is obviously what Walter is, like, unbelievable manager, the best ever. But, 
when you get to Rangers, you, the, the the father figures and the ones that you had the camaraderie were your your Kenny McDowells and your Coisties. Mm-hmm. And I had an unbelievable relationship with Coiste. Um, I still think him like phoning me after the Champions League game, Stuttgart, when we won two one first game. He said, "By the way, I was on my way back to the hotel because me and Whitey used to stay over because we'd train the next day." You see, uh-huh. um, so maybe be in for a recovery on let's say on the Wednesday. I think it was a Tuesday night game. We'd be in for a recovery on the Wednesday, then we would get Thursday off. Back in Friday, probably away in a hotel Saturday, play Sunday. Um, and Coiste phoned me saying, "Listen, mate, I just wanted to phone you. Unbelievable!" Like so, I had a really tight relationship with Coiste. I think after the first year maybe 18 months when I started to build up an even stronger, I think, as an important player for Walter. Um, my relationship with Koisty wasn't as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, like, as a duo, if you could ever pick somebody as an assistant manager, as a camaraderie, um, as somebody that's brilliant with the boys, albeit he joined in training. So you've seen him come on and do nothing. Didn't he move on with a hat-trick? Well, by Aye. the way, he's done that every t- day in training. <laughs> like, if you were in his team at five a size, you could easily be a man doing, but he would score the winner <laughs> He was like just, just incredible. So to, to be there with them, same again, like you thinking that, that when we're talking about the transition for youth team player to first team player, I felt like really lucky to have people like Walter at a young age giving me good morals, good standards, good ways of living as a professional. Yeah. And it always to someone that's got the camaraderie that makes you feel good. Because by the way, being an old firm player is a roller coaster emotion and a real tough challenge for any individual. Aye. Do you take a lot of what you learned under Walter and your own management style? Aye, aye. I think I, I, I would say that I've, I've stole wee bits off Walter, I've stole wee bits off of Gordon Stratton, stole wee bits off of Bobby, stole wee bits off of Mogga, stole wee bits mm-hmm. off of Paul Hartley. I thought Paul Hartley was very good up at Dundee. Um, John's pal, uh, isn't it? Paul Hartley. Did a fantastic job at Paul Kirk, yeah. He never done so well at Paul Kirk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I seen him shifting uneasily in his seat when you mentioned Paul Hartley. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> His coaching is actually uh, very similar to Gordon Strachan and, and Gordon Strachan mm-hmm. was one of my favourites, like top, top drawer. So um, I was a wee bit unfortunate not to have Gordon for, for longer because I genuinely felt when I went to Middlesbrough, before I broke my leg and I had a wee bit of bad luck, he would he could easily put me to another level. Um, uh-huh. just, just the way he worked on the training pitch was like almost two peas in a pod for me. But um, no, I just I forgot what you were going to say there. Ask me that again, mate. Sorry, I was, I was just what you took for Walter, mate. Just oh, in your I was going to say there actually sometimes, and it's not being derogatory to anyone or, or being disrespectful, but I do think without naming them, um, the ones that I didn't enjoy working under, John Collins, or um, the wee bits that will hopefully stand me in good stead. Um, I've always been in a changing room with a lot of players. I've always said, Tom, we'll see when you become a gaffer one day, you're going to be a top gaffer one day, you're going to be a gaffer, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh never become that gaffer that does things that players didn't like. Aye. I've just I've just tried to be a lad's lad, but I'd like to think they respect me as the boss. Um, uh-huh. everybody will know that I've got a nasty streak in me. Um, and I can I can get angry at times, but at the same time, um I think that can only be few and far between or else you didn't bring any substance with that. I think the days of having the I think a Walt are like being as hard as they possibly come. But uh-huh. his timing was meticulous when the squad never kick up the backside. I'm trying uh-huh. to steal wee bits like that. So um, I think the ones that I didn't enjoy working under, um, and and without sounding disrespectful, I think you can learn more rather than actually the ones that you loved. And, and ultimately, you have to put your own stamp on it. Aye, you've worked under obviously a lot of great managers. How much do you regret not working under Ange Postecoglou? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, listen, I, I, and I say this openly, and it's uh, and, and everybody will know that I'm like I'm never I'm never um, afraid to call big decisions or speak about Celtic or, or the respect that I've got for the club. Um, 
by the way, he presents himself really, really well. Speaks he does. really well. Um, he's a, to me, he's a class act. Listen, he's going to get judged on his team being successful, the same as the manager, because that's what the whole form is. If you're second, you're not any good. If you're first, you're a superstar. Um, so listen, head-to-head battle commence. Um, the manager will flourish under it, and you'll flourish under it. Uh, listen, it's intriguing to see how it's going to pan out, but... Um, listen, I've got that most respect for, for Celtic and, and all the players and all the staff. The best part about this is this interview is going to come out after the game. So, well, Rangers might have turned us over and everything you've just said there can be like a slate into our face. <laughs> <laughs> nah, listen, it's, it's, listen, I've always, even like, I've always been one of the people that like, when we, when we class, lose we class. Listen, nobody wants to get beat. I never wanted to get beat, but... 100%. Um, it's just, it's, listen, it's the way I live my life. It's, it's, uh, I know Celtic have got good players. They're, they're a brilliant club. Um, Rangers are an amazing club. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're both massive institutions. And listen, you either support one or the other. That's the way it is. It's a, it's a, it's a life for a lot of people. So um, I always think, like, let's have it and see who's the best. Kevin, come back to Hibs. I mean, you obviously went back to Hibs and you played for absolutely free, which is an absolute mark of the man that you are. I mean, how was it going back there? And I mean, what made you to just commit to just saying, I'll, I'll, I'll play for nothing? Was it just because they were your boyhood heroes or? Yeah, pretty much. They were still in the Scottish Cup, which was a, which was obviously a boyhood dream of mine. Um, I got offered, actually John Brown was it, the manager of Dundee, offered me an unbelievable deal short term. And they were they were sitting at the foot of the, the Premier League at the time. Um, and probably, I, I think they were, I want to say they might have been like eight or nine points adrift. So like the writing was almost on the wall for them. I got offered unbelievable money in mad countries that I probably wouldn't even be able to spell some of the names. <laughs> um, but there was just something in my gut that I'd, I'd done all right in my career. The money wasn't a driver for me. Um, and then and feeling good about myself again after a tough time at Middlesbrough, um, Hibs was a was an easy one for me. So I think the hardest bit for me for, for Hibs is that... Um, because I've got such a good relationship with Rangers and obviously I love the club, but people think you cannot love two clubs, but well, I do. I still look at, at Middlesbrough results. I still look for Dundee results. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh-huh. I don't understand why that cannot be uh, feasible. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying you can love Rangers and Celtic or Hibs and Hearts or Dundee or Dundee United, uh-huh. but I don't see why I cannot love Hibs and cannot love Rangers. I never hide away from the fact. So it was an easy one for me. Kids are Hibs fans. My mates are Hibs fans. They go back. And I cannot tell you when I come on in the derby, under Pat Fenland for the last five or six minutes, um, the ovation that I got was worth far more than anything. I.e., I've been back to Easter Road and been called a, a hun, C-U-N-T, which stuck in the back of my throat as a season ticket holder with my kids. Um, I've never actually been back to Easter Road since. Wow. But at the same time, um, and be- believe it or not, that was they were playing Rangers that night. So um, oh. and I know that if I went to the Rangers end, I would have been treated like a king. But... I think when you when you get called that, um, and by the way, the loads of Hibs fans are unbelievably respectful to me. But the ovation that I got outweighs that twat in the Pakistan calling me a yeah. uh-huh. you know what. Uh-huh. So um, listen, love the club. Uh, my kids are both there. My, my boys are signed player. My youngest ones in, in a development centre. I go to East Mains every Monday. Um, I didn't see why Kevin Thompson cannot love Hibs and Rangers. No. Would you would you like so? Let's put it here, right? Kelly Hearts doing a smashing job at the moment. Rangers and Hibs both come along at the same time and offer you the manager. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd even take a Rangers job for fuck's sake. Come on. 
<laughs> telling you, but I've seen somebody saying, do you want to win a million quid or do you want to win a hundred quid? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your boy, like some videos you put on Twitter, man. Your boy scored an absolute peach last year during lockdown. Uh, you, yeah. you, you hurt the boy at him, they took it on the volley right in the oh, tap the corner. <laughs> Mate, he's going to be playing for Hibs and Rangers soon, as you know. He's a. Uh, he's, uh, he might go with his Uncle Scott. <laughs> 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 well, it's funny you mention that because we, we have had a wee laugh and joke. Yes, the Scots boy's in at Hibs as well. Right. Um, he's oldest one, Shea, and he's a lefty. And Jackson, uh-huh. my oldest one's a righty. So, God. trust me, we've, we've questioned it before. <laughs> 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 they for him look like the milkman. <laughs> so, Kevin, he's going to win the league. Is Kelty going to win the league? Listen, I, I know how, how kind of cliche it sounds like, but we, we need to take one game at a time. We, listen, we've got good players, we've started off well. We could easily drop points, at, well, we did at Forfa. We could easily have been, been, instead of getting a point on the road, we could have had none. Mm-hmm. Cowden Beef gave us a real hard time. and Don't get me wrong, we felt as though we could have been out of sight in the first half, but we weren't. Um, even at the weekend there against Edinburgh City, right, good team. Gary Naismith, utmost respect for him. Uh, mm-hmm. They made it really difficult for us. Well, same again, when we were on top, we felt as though we could have scored more goals, but we never... And then you end up hanging on. The good thing for me and for the squad to, to kind of breed confidence is that we've we've played four games now. Um, you could argue Stennis Muir, Stalin Albion, Cowden Beef, plus Forfa, um, plus S. Well, we've played more, but we obviously played some in the cup. We played Elgin in the cup as well. Um, so we're probably at the stage where we've played the lion's share of the teams that people would think would be up there. Um, uh-huh. And listen, we need to back ourselves. We need to have belief. We can't hide away from that. But... Been, I mean, the, the club were three years ago, they were a junior team. Do you know what exactly. I mean? So I, think, I think people need to understand that just because I'm there um, and they're an ambitious club, there, there has to be a realism as well. So um, I look at Queen's Park last year as a full-time team. I, they won it in the end quite comfortably, but there was a time where they huffed and puffed. Uh-huh. Uh, Falkirk is a full-time team. Obviously, our manners give me the eye there now that I'm talking about Falkirk. <laughs> full-time team in League One. It's not as easy as people think. So, listen, I, as an individual, I'll never under, underestimate any of the teams. Utmost respect for them all. But, listen, we're going to go and have a go, that's for sure. Brilliant, mate. Well, well, I, I, hope he's, I hope he's get as close to Albion Rovers as possible. <laughs> <laughs> when when do you play the Albion are doing all right. Eh? Can hear that's, that's, I see these people that write off teams and say that oh, they're going to be the bottom. Like People told me Kevin Beef were favourites for relegation they were going to be doing there but by the way when you go through Cowden Beef's team they have got a right good team and I know quite a lot of their players um, they've Aye. got right Kyle Hutton's played for Rangers you know what I mean playing in the middle Aye. of the pitch Ian and being around the box like Thompson's played in the Premier League for Hearts Fraser Mullins played in the Premier League for Hibs and Hearts uh-huh. Craig Barr's played in the chat like they have got good players eh? um, and I think when people think oh Cowden Beef oh they huffed and puffed last year by the way they will take a lot of points off people eh? so we will never underestimate any team speaking of points Kevin Oh, what a segue, it brother. It's been a brilliant chat with you, right? And we've brought it to an end now because I know you're a busy man. But before you leave, right, every week on Football Daft, we put our guest Scottish football knowledge to the test with a 90 second quiz. You up for it, mate? Aye. Right, so we've got a wee leaderboard here from the guests we've had over the week. So we've got David Martindale, top of the leaderboard with a score of 16. Still top. Yes. Still top. Nobody's beaten him. No, and joint say, Kevin, mate. Right. In joint second, it's John Sutton, Chick Young and Hamilton Scott Martin all in 15. Mark Wilson and Keith Lasler in third with 14. Other selected scores include Barry Ferguson on 12, Rob Jones on 9, Yogi on 6 and Barry Feastenders on 4. With Barry Feastenders on, believe it or not, right? And at the bottom, it's singer-songwriter Callum Beatty with 1. Is there anybody on there you'd like to beat? Got to be Barry, Hannah. Callum Beatty. 
<laughs> well, you can't pass. You must give an answer, even if you don't know the answer. You must give an answer. And friend across the divide, Chris yeah, Cole will read the questions. Oh, out. Right, since you've been very uh, complimentary towards, uh, like I'll, I'll make it easy for you, all right, brother? <laughs> right, are you ready? Ready, mate. Ninety seconds start now. Which Belgian club is Jack Hendry currently at? Oh, uh, don't know. Who, who don't know an answer. Need an answer. Aye, that, no, well, he said I don't know. That could be a Belgian club. Who does St. Johnson play in the Europa Conference? Uh, don't know. <laughs> who is St. Johnson's Hayden Muller on loan from? Uh, don't know. <laughs> who did you make your Scotland debut against? Uh, Northern Ireland. Ange Postagoglu's joined Celtic from which J-League side? Uh, Australian one. Okay. <laughs> who, are, who are Celtic's current strip sponsors? Adidas. Derek Ferguson is a record signing for which club? Derek Ferguson? Yep. Uh, don't know. Which country are Carabag from? Uh, don't know. How many goals <laughs> did you score for Hibs? Uh, oh, no many. Uh, you put me on the spot there, eh? Uh, one, one, two, three. Who were the last Scottish team to, team to appear in a major European final? Rangers. The Gable Endies is the nickname of which, the nickname of which club? Don't know. Who did Hibs sign Martin Boyle from? Dundee. In what year did Livy start playing in Livy? Don't know. <laughs> don't, don't know it's becoming a very fast one answer I'm liking that man that's cool I like that Kevin I still don't know that classifies as giving well, an you answer well he can't say it? pass he's yeah. giving an answer uh, uh, to be fair I'm not, I'm not my good at mastermind and all that type but I wouldn't mate, have you, you've beat Callum beating anyway under, I'm sure. under pressure there Kevin I'll go, through, I'll go through the wrong answers for you uh, Belgium Cup Jack Henry's TV Oostenstende Houston Stendhal. Houston Stendhal. He's on loan for Celtic. I'm interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he signed. He signed full time there. Full yes, he uh, has. St. Johnson play Lask or Lask. Hayden uh, Muller on loan from Millwall. Uh, Ange Postecoglou doesn't play for the Australian uh, team in the J League. He plays for. The, he went from Celtic to from the Yokohama Mariners. <laughs> Yokohama. Yoka, Yokohama. <laughs> Yokohama. John, what the fuck? You've been drinking pints as well. <laughs> uh, Derek Ferguson was Falkirk's record signing. Carabag playing Azerbaijan. Uh, the Gable Indies of the Montrose. Now, Livy started playing Livingston in 1995. I'm going to give you, it's probably a I'm going to give them the Celtic current strip well. sponsors as Daffabet, but... I think you've got to go with Adidas, I think he's got that. Well, we'll give it, yeah. not been, there's not yeah. enough clarity in the question, so you could have two answers. In that case, you have beaten Barry from EastEnders, and you've got five! Hey! Superb, best Kevin, mate. Best interview, worst quiz. What's that, mate? Best interview, worst quiz. Oh, definitely up there, mate. The best. <laughs> mate, I, mate, I think that, that one of the best quizzes as well, because I, I, I just love the way you kick one. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> it's Kevin, honestly, mate, I could, I could speak to you all day. Obviously, I'll be your time at Rangers and stuff as well, mate. Any, any time, mate. Uh, any time. Right, mate. And all the best with Kelty Hearts for the rest of the season. I'll be looking out for your scores as I have been anyway, mate. All the best. And thanks for joining us, my man. Thanks, Kevin. Second, lad. Oh,